Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live here on Bob Long Sports. Your crew bringing you the action, as always, Bob Long and Tyler Gelhouse. So tonight, we're going to talk about the Nittany Lions and their victory over Northwestern in a monsoon in Beaver Stadium, recap the last couple of weeks, and kind of give you a report card, a status update of where this program is. It's a natural break point with the bye week. It's always said, Tyler, I couldn't come at a better time. <laughs> the 5-0 and Nittany Lions have a week to prepare for a slog of three weeks against Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. Yeah, if you really think about it, the bye couldn't come at a better time for this team. Uh, <laughs> but in all, in all seriousness, I mean, I don't know. Buys can either kill your mojo. Um, they can make your mojo stronger. It could be whatever. Um, but – you know, coming off the Northwestern game and, um, you know, if you get an extra week to prepare for Michigan, I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, they played Indiana, so they don't really have the toughest of tests. Um, but back to Penn State against Northwestern, you were there. Um, it looked like a miserable game, turnover fest each side of the ball. So really hard to come away from that Northwestern game. Positive thoughts, um, because – the offense showed us nothing in the weather. The defense looked great, but I think our concerns are probably Sean Clifford in the offense uh, moving forward, and that was my concern after that game on Saturday as well against a really bad Northwestern team. Sean, let's start with Sean Clifford. It feels like a, an easy place to start at times. It, it's a 17-7 to win for Penn State. It was dangerous. I mean, it took a fourth down goal line stand to keep Northwestern from getting within three points on a day where Penn State could not move the football. Uh, Sean Clifford threw several just bad, bad passes. Should have been. Caveat, you know, let me caveat everything up front, Tyler. We should do this. The weather was bad. So you take everything we say under the understanding that the weather was bad. So the weather was bad. Did we mention that? The weather was bad. Sean Clifford's passes, rain or shine, are, are unacceptable. Really bad interception. Another one that should have been an interception. Just not reading zone versus man coverage. Airmailing the ball. And I get it, right? Sometimes when the ball is wet, you, you, you kind of airmail it because now you're kind of cupping it. He doesn't have the largest hands. He doesn't have the hands of Drew Aller, who we can talk about a little bit, who didn't get a snap, by the way. And so rather than kind of coming through overhand, your your palms on the bottom of the ball a little bit more. And, and that led to a little bit of inaccuracy. Uh, it was a major issue. The freshman running backs, actually all three running backs, because Devin Ford is now no longer on the roster, we found out after the football game. But all three running backs put the ball on the turf. Nick Singleton three times, only twice it was actually counted because the first time – his forward progress was deemed and down. They got lucky with that one, I think. Yeah. And listen, so, and I don't want to make excuses, right? We're a little bit critical of Sean Clifford and his performance 10 for 20 should have been in a second interception. Uh, of course, you're going to be critical of these running backs, but uh, I don't know. Um, I think I'm a little bit more inclined to look past the fumbles of two freshman running backs. Ball was slick. Um, but it's something to keep an eye on. It's something that cannot continue because 
James Franklin talks about winning the turnover battle. And to Penn State's credit, it was the first interception that Clifford threw since the pick sits against Purdue. So they had a pretty good month of September, Tyler. But this is a game that should have been a 30-point football game, weather aside, and right. it was not. Yeah, and um, I think you make a lot of really good points there, um, you know, especially coming off the Auburn game where Clifford really didn't wow anybody, but he took care of the ball, um, let the running and the O-line do their work that game, the defense. You kind of thought, okay, now against you know Central Michigan at home, Let's keep building off it. And for the most part, Penn State looked pretty good, for, you know, coming off of a win at Auburn. Like, you could tell it was they were due for, like, a little bit of a letdown. And then he, even what you said with the weather on Saturday, which hopefully it's the last time we mentioned how bad it was, um, I was expecting, you know, a 30-point victory because that is the trajectory that I felt the team was going in after the Auburn game. And I'd like to see – better football going into the bye week. And um, we just didn't see it on the flip side. I'm hoping that maybe they got it out of their system, um, especially the freshman running backs with the fumbles, because these guys are going to be one, a one B I think the rest of the season here with Kevon Lee getting a little bit of time here and there, as you mentioned, Devin Ford, surprisingly to me, and I think a lot of people um, not, because he's not playing a lot um, because anybody could realize somebody stepping away because of that. But because he was talking about how he loved being in the running back room at Penn state, um, you know, because people have asked him about transferring and his role in the team and really seemed like the ultimate teammate. Maybe he is. Um, but now they leave Penn state with just three, you know, scholarship backs. And, and that's, that's pretty dangerous. So these, these freshmen are going to be playing a lot. So hopefully they got that out of their system. And they can learn from it and move on because they're going to need them like heck these next three games and the rest of the season. Quick Devin Ford comment. The rubber meets the road. You say all the right things, but the rubber meets the road when you're about to burn a year of eligibility by playing in the fifth game of sure. the season. So he takes a year to focus on his academics. That's wonderful. Don't begrudge him in the least. Actually, don't even think it says anything about him as a teammate, right? But uh, I would not be surprised. In fact, I'd be very surprised if he's not in the transfer portal at some point soon looking for yeah. another role somewhere else so that he doesn't have to burn the year of eligibility. Sure. It's just, you know, for Penn State, it's it's unfortunate because the way it played out with losing Keziah Holmes, now you lose four, so you really go into the season with five, and now you're down – to three and from a recruiting purpose, I mean, whether or not Devin Ford would have been back next year, probably not. I actually like him. I would have liked him to hang around because of his experience. I mean, go, coming off the bench cold against Purdue for that fourth and one catch that he made um, yep. experience. And, and I think he's the best receiving back out of the backfield. And I Agreed. actually think with when you have Allen and you have Singleton really one, a one B I actually think with the way that those guys run that, that Ford fits a better third man than, than Lee does with those two, at least. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So I do. It, it, it hurts. And they're going to have to help hope that these guys stay healthy because there's not a lot of depth there anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot yeah. of talent, not a lot of depth. Well, you talk about depth. Let's go right to the wide receiver room then. So Keandre Lambert Smith gets rolled over. Uh, he exits the football game. 
Harrison Wallace comes in and starts taking a lot more snaps. I like Harrison Wallace. I do. Um, it's a little bit of – there's a little bit of underwhelming kind of big play uh, separation oh, type group. capabilities, oh, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Bob, um, the biggest – I want to say the biggest play of the year on offense from a passing perspective came at Purdue at the end of the half. On a broken play, Sean Clifford, the Brenton Strange. I mean, Brenton Strange probably has our longest reception. He's having an unbelievable year. I mean, I know we're talking about receivers. He's pretty much their leading receiver right now in some categories, um, touchdowns. Um, But, yeah, Penn State right now, they're lacking that deep deep threat playmaker that, you know, can take it to distance. Parker Washington, very good. Not really his his strength. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley makes a lot of nice catches, consider him more of a possession type receiver, if you will, someone that's going to move the chains for, he's going to make the tough catches. Uh, but between Keandre Lambert Smith and, and Harrison Wallace, I wish somebody could take that spot. I know they've been rotating even before the injury to Lambert Smith, but they got to find somebody to stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with yeah. these games. I mean, defense is just going to keep coming down and force them to do it. Or try it at least. Tinsley in Purdue in that Purdue game had a decent catch oh, yeah. and run, couple of plays. He made but... a nice deep ball catch against Auburn there in the first or second quarter along the sideline. Contested. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it is something to keep an eye on because what they've played are I'll say one last time, really tough footing out there, but they played a team that has struggled so badly against the pass and were unable to take advantage of it. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, is some of it the quarterback and his deep ball lack thereof? Um, yes. Because I think it is as well. And, you know, that's a concern to me too. I know we've had the conversations about, you know, trying somebody else. But I think a lot of it falls on the quarterback and his inability to hit on a deep ball. I agree with you. I, I agree, and that comes down to footwork in the pocket, general arm strength, but I think you can make up for arm strength with most of the routes and most right. of the schemes that Mike Yersich is putting into play with just with better footwork and mechanics. And, I mean, there are times in that Northwestern game where the pocket is collapsing on Sean Clifford. And rather than stepping into a throw, he hops – and throws it in one motion. I don't know if you got a good look at a couple of those in that game. Um, he's kind of hopping to the side and throwing the football. And I get it, right? It's I, a well-oiled machine. You're, yeah. It's it's all it's all part of it. So yeah, if he has a little bit more protection, he steps into the throw. But you know, there are flicks of the wrist where Drew Aller would put it in a better spot than Sean Clifford kind of hopping and, and throwing the football. Um, now, bear bear in mind, this is a five and zero team. They're going into the bye. They beat two pretty solid power five schools, drubbed one on the road. Um, So what we're talking about here is for the fan that is, that, that, that is interested in Penn state, you know, maximizing what, what they're doing. Right. And are they a playoff college football playoff team right now? They are not, Um, you know, this is a nine and three team in the, in the big 10 could scoot to 10 and two. They're going to need to play a lot better against Michigan and Ohio State. Candidly, they haven't played either of those teams yet, right? So that's how it goes. They've won the games that are in front of them. 
Um, but, you know, I'll revert to what I've said for a while. Program, I think it's in a great spot recruiting in a wonderful position. Some of the playmakers are doing well. I think there's untapped potential. And, uh, and again, at some point, I think a quarterback change unleashes a higher ceiling for this team, maybe a lower floor. But Drew Aller, good on James Franklin. He's given him a ton of reps. And I think I can understand why he didn't play him in that Northwestern game. Though There are several situations where I would have thrown him in there. But but I believe right now the ceiling is higher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Bob, sometimes I'm thinking, um, you know, 5-0, and like you said, it's it's pretty really good spot to be. One of a couple teams that are undefeated still. Recruiting's good. Program's in a good spot. Um, but I keep thinking back to last year and they were also five and oh and it's it's different because when Clifford got injured we didn't have an adequate backup and and it really handicapped us really for the rest of the season because he played unhealthy and all that but I just get flashbacks a little bit to I just hope we're not getting you know ahead of ourselves thinking you know 11 and one maybe 10 and two is very good um nine and three at this point I think most people would consider that a disappointment at this point being five and zero heading into the um into the buy so um i agree with you on drew aller providing a higher ceiling and you know do i think they're going to make a change now going into these three games probably not but i'm curious on how short the leash really is for clifford say they go into michigan he struggles mightily they're down 10 at the half 14, whatever it may be, and he's struggling. I I think at some point you really have to think about making a, a change for the better of the program and and maybe, you know, what are the chances of them winning the Big Ten, going to the football college football playoff with Sean Clifford? Probably not great. What are they with Drew Aller? Maybe a little bit better. But either way, if you can start to to build his experience, if if Clifford can't get it done, I think it'll pay off at least down the road. I hate to even say this, but the way I have said and thought all year that Drew Aller may replace Sean Clifford is they're about to face three of the most uh, talented defensive lines in the Big Ten in a row in consecutive weeks. Does he get dinged up at some point? And does Aller need to come in for a quarter or something to that extent? And if he gets hot in that time frame, does Clifford come back? Right? Does he get the job handed back to him? Right. Uh, if if they're on a roll at that point, it's a lot of ifs, but sure. can see that being all very possible outcomes. Yep. Yep. Uh, but again, you know, this you, is. Go ahead. Yeah. You think Sean Clifford is playing hurt? Um, because maybe not hurt, but in discomfort because there were rumors that he was banged up a little bit. He is wearing a knee brace on his left knee. I don't know how long he's done that. Um, but mostly just because it seems like a lot of this year, he's been hesitant. Maybe not hesitant, but he doesn't seem like he's run a lot when I feel like he could be running more. And I feel like that's a, a real strength of his that makes him better than if he couldn't run. It provides another dynamic part to his game. Um I just feel like when he's best, he's running, and I really haven't seen him run a ton this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have not either. I can't really speak as much to 
and maybe whether he's hurt or not, but they have better running backs. But I would like to see him keep the defense honest and, and keep some of them because he can pick up eight yards at a time. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even you're right. Uh, now, while we're in the conspiracy theory uh, element of this, how about deny Dennis Sutton's Instagram post last week? Yeah, so I guess that's kind of what started a lot of it when he said QB one. Yeah, um, describe it for describe it for the audience a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was yeah. an Instagram story, which I think is up for like twenty four hours or something. Um, kind of like Snapchat story, and it was a picture that Drew Aller posted on his own Instagram that denied Dennis Sutton, like, guess copy and paste it on the his and put the comment denied Dennis Sutton. You know, QB one, something that there's regards and. Yeah, that's what got these rumors really going that that um, uh, Sean Clifford might be, I don't want to say bench, but not playing against Northwestern for whatever reason. Drew Aller was going to get the start. That obviously didn't happen. Drew Aller didn't even get in the game. <laughs> um, so, but that's that's what started this whole thing and, and kind of opened up, you know, the can of worms, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So now Penn State heads into the bye. They take on Michigan at the big house. We'll have a a larger preview next week, but um, you know, it really is put up or shut up time. I think we're to the point now seeing Minnesota lose at home by double digits to Purdue. I think that's a game that Penn state should reasonably expect to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is also the week before Ohio state. And we have seen Penn state sputter both in weeks directly following a big game maybe a bit of an emotional loss. We've also seen Penn State overlook teams in the weeks leading into a big game. And, um, you know, again, two large, large contests coming up with uh, an equally big one in, in between against Minnesota, the whiteout. Yeah, well, hopefully as, as weird as it is, Minnesota is a night game, the whiteout um, this year because of TV contracts and whatnot. I don't know if this is related to Joe Buck at all, but <laughs> nothing would surprise me with Joe Buck in the ESPN trade. Um, excuse me, but that at least gives Penn State a reason to get up if there is a letdown, you know, a heartbreaking loss at Michigan, a blowout loss at Michigan, or an emotional win at, at Michigan. Um, either way, you got to turn around and come back home and play Minnesota, who's still a very good team. They, uh, they're going to be hungry. Kirk Scirocco coming back. They're going to be hungry. And um, the fact that it's a night game and it's a whiteout, I think that bodes well for Penn State because almost you get the feeling that the crowd's not going to let them get down, right, um, like mm-hmm. like they could against Northwestern with however many people were there and, you know, the, the, the crappy weather. Like people really didn't want to be there. Uh, well, I shouldn't say people, but a lot of people didn't want to be there. So, um I think the Minnesota game with that, that being the atmosphere should help that sort of trap game. Agreed. Sorry Any more about- thoughts on oh. <laughs> that? That's okay. It that's happened. Okay. Right? Thrilled, thr- thrilled to have another Penn state fan enthusiastic about the team. Uh, hey, any thoughts on Northwestern before we move well, on? I, I was very excited about the way the defense played. Um, I just didn't like what I was seeing on offense um, because just because the weather is bad doesn't mean you're six year senior or you're at that point, your division one quarterback in the big 10 shouldn't be able to throw the ball. 
and the receivers shouldn't they should be able to connect because of the rain. I get that it's tough. We saw that it was hard throwing in the NFL and in, in, in the weather this week. Um, but just became, you know, handoff, handoff, handoff. It's just I don't know if they're not I don't know if they're hiding things or not showing their full hand yet. I find it hard to believe uh, because of the games they've already played against opponents that are pretty quality. Um, but I didn't come away like feeling great. I, I'm, I'm more pessimistic moving forward now than optimistic because um, I was feeling really good after Auburn. And after Central Michigan, I was kind of like, yeah, I still feel pretty good. And now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like nothing would surprise me from here on out. <laughs> Hey, quick thought on the defense. Defense was really good, but just in the spirit of kind of breaking down the X's and O's, defense was great, got good pressure on the quarterback. Cornerbacks are playing at a high, high level. Kalen King, the last two weeks, yeah. has been so impressive. Yeah. He is uh, just incredible. Cornerback room um, is really good. It really is. Quick thought on the linebackers. So, you know – I'm a big Abdul Carter fan. We talk about him just about every week, as are you. Local boy, LaSalle College High School. Um, Overall, playing pretty well. I think against Northwestern, a couple communication issues. um, Particularly opened up balls in the flat. And by the way, it wasn't wasn't just Abdul Carter. There was once where Curtis Jacobs had a similar situation. You know, Tyler Ellison, in in times he's been on the field as well. Um, But there were a couple, two, three plays in a row where I think Carter – was having a little bit of, again, miscommunication in his own. And um, sure. that's going to happen. And again, that's, some, that's something that's going to happen. But he's getting big time, big 10 minutes. And uh, and he was playing know, the hope too at the same time. And we love to see that. We've been, we've been calling for that. Yep. Uh, he reminds me, again, I, I don't want to put him on too high of a pedestal here, but from a measurables and an NFL potential standpoint, a Brandon Smith type with the hope that he delivers and has a, not to say a more meaningful college so career, Brandon Smith. What Brandon Smith to was become, supposed to be. What Brandon Smith was supposed to be. He has every measurable right. that, 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 that Smith has may even, may even lure, you know, NFL scouts even a little bit more with some of his physical measurables and, um, and is showing the ability to compete at a really high level. Thrilled for Abdul and, and love how much time he's getting on the field. Yeah, and he's only going to get more time these next couple of years, and he's only going to get better too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and deny Dennis Sutton mostly garbage time for him leading up to this point. But my goodness, you talk about these two freshmen, these two true freshmen on defense and the impact that they are having. Mm-hmm. Tough to ask much more from a high-level defensive recruiting class. Incredible. Yeah, it was, you know, a great recruiting class that hopefully we keep to see pay dividends down these next couple of years. I mean, we're already seeing it on offense. So uh, defense, yeah. a lot of times people do forget about those guys because um, they're not, you know, scoring touchdowns and whatnot. But um, and remember, yeah. too, Tyler, how big of a keep that was, both of them and really all of them, because Brent yeah. Pry was the coordinator last year, took the job at Virginia Tech. You know, there were rumors swirling there about about Abdul Carter. Uh, unrelated to Virginia Tech, but James Franklin said that they're looking to build a football dorm. That was part of his new contract and the increased commitment from the athletic department. They said they almost lost denied Dennis Sutton to a another competitor um, yeah. due to the fact that he couldn't have a single occupancy football dorm. I mean, these are great 
keeps from right. a recruiting standpoint because they were both relatively early commits and to be able to hang in onto them through signing day uh, says a ton about the rest of this coaching staff. It certainly does. Um, you know, got to have the talent to compete. So, yeah. Uh, what what else do we have to, to talk about here? It's funny. Yeah. Usually this is the time I'll, in the show where sure. we start breaking down Michigan. But... I, I, I'm going to call this the halfway point of the season. Um, just because the buy, it's, it's obviously not directly in, in the middle of the season, but we'll, we'll call it that uh, because it feels like we played half a season with some of the games, you know, going to Purdue, winning that one. That seems so long ago. And really it's just over a month ago, uh, five weeks, but, my God, I mean, think about if that game doesn't end like that. I mean, who who knows how it is, four and one, I guess, or do we take care of business like we did at Auburn? I don't know. But here's what I know. We're five and oh. I think the offensive line has shown some hope. Finally looks appears to be turning the corner. Um, there's always gonna be room for improvement. Um, I think Penn State has found a really, really nice left tackle. They developed them at Penn State. Uh, Olu Fashionu is apparently how you pronounce his last name. Um, and, you know, I think he's he's going to be – I don't. I hope we can hold on to him for another year because um, they're already talking NFL for him. And, you know, there's still issues on the O-line, but overall pass protection, I think they're doing better this year. And in the run game, and, and with that, I think the freshman running back Backs are making that line look better, but the line is still doing driving the bus up there. And and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with the offensive line. Um, they have, in my eyes, officially made improvement um, from from years past. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, again, beware the competition, beware the Central Michigan and the Northwestern. But they played very well against but Auburn they, as well. Exactly, and I know Auburn's not maybe the Auburn were used to, but those are really good defensive linemen and, and linebackers. And that's the strength of their team. So. Yeah, they sure are. And, and I'll just tease this one. We'll talk about it in more depth next week, but part of me wonders, uh, you know, the, the darlings that are the Michigan Wolverines, they went to the college football playoff last year. They finally knocked Ohio state off the pedestal. I don't know. Top five team. Well, I don't know. Is Penn State a top 10 team? I mean, who is good at this point in the season? I'll say this. I I don't know that this is a game that Penn State fans need to be overly fearful of. Am I saying Penn State's going to win the game? No, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that today. But this should be a competitive football game, Tyler. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't turn this one off. Um, I, it, I, I think this is one that they're going to have a shot to win. I get it. It's really difficult to win on the road. James Franklin record, his record isn't great there. And nothing about that Northwestern game tells you that this is a top 10 team. Exactly. But tell me which game again, Michigan has been entirely and overly impressive. The Maryland game. No, Iowa game. Absolutely not. Colorado state, Hawaii. They look really good in those games. That's great. Penn State looked good against Ohio, right? Yeah. But and Ohio was probably better than any of those teams. <laughs> so I'll just kind of tease that for for next week, and we'll break yeah. that down in a lot more depth. I think it's going to be. I think both teams are pretty pretty equal, actually. So should make for a really good game. 
On the contrary, Ohio State looks above and beyond far and away the best team in the Big Ten this year. Now, maybe we thought that was the case last year as well, and I'm still yeah. shocked well, by that and, loss on the road at Michigan and how badly yeah. it was. Yeah, and they, they haven't even had all their weapons really healthy. Um, you know, Smith and Jigba, I think, is finally starting to come back uh, from a hamstring injury. Uh, Trevion Henderson, I think, missed a little bit of time. They're running back. So, uh, but – that's what depth does. I mean, they have, they have guys there can just fill in. Um, but they, they appear to be a pretty scary team. Um, you know, at the back end of this tough month for, for Penn state. That's exactly right. And with the Georgia near loss to Missouri, I mean, who is that team? It might be Ohio state. Who is that far and away best team in the country? It's probably nobody, but if it's anybody, it's, it's probably Georgia or Ohio state at this, at this juncture. Yeah, I I agree. I would say probably Ohio State to me um, from what I've seen so far. But, again, they haven't played a road game yet. Um, but they're going to be favored by at least a touchdown in every game they play, at least a touchdown from here on out. Well, that's always a fun week for us on the podcast, previewing Ohio State. And, I don't know, we have some, we have some interested folks from Columbus that always seems to be oh. – by far our highest uh, viewed show. So we appreciate our Buckeye fans and we'll be sure to, we'll be sure to give you an in-depth preview of the Nittany Lions that week. For sure. That's, that'll be here before we know it, but not wishing a month away. We got, we got two big games before that. Sure do. Tyler, great show, my friend. It's always fun to get together and talk shop with you. Thanks to all the, the listeners and the viewers again on, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, and subscribe to the channel. Same thing if you are on Apple Podcasts. Give us a nice review if you would. Tyler, well, we will take a step back and enjoy other teams playing football. Enjoy the bye. Yeah, hopefully we get some sunshine. It's been miserable up here. Yeah. In the uh, Philadelphia high school football scene, LaSalle versus St. Joe's Prep. That's always a fun one to look forward to. Broadcasting that game from Franklin Field. Nice Saturday at two. Nice. So St. Joe's Prep has one of their best teams in a while, probably their best team since Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison took the field, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't that long ago. But again, it's it's they're ramping back up. They're reloading, not rebuilding. I give Tim Roken and that program a ton of credit. But see what type of spark LaSalle has in them this weekend. And uh, Catholic League's best rivalries is underway again. Sounds like a good one. Enjoy calling that one. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everybody, again for listening, being part of the show. For Tyler Gelhouse, I am Bob Long saying so long here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report. We'll talk to you next week.